2: If Nation what is going on welcome back to another episode here of setting the pace and it is time for some draft stuff here because we've got Caitlin Cooper on the podcast and you guys know that it's just not a setting the pace Caitlin Cooper podcast if we don't do some kind of fun draft and while it's the end of August we're just kind of ready for the season to start Caitlin came up with an excellent exercise for us to do for fun and I'm gonna let her take the floor here and kind of explain everything that we're doing today so Caitlin let our listeners know what's going on.
1: Right, so not to completely just do a shameless plug here, but I was writing a piece about the Pacers comparing. I had noticed that they ran the same sideline out of bounds play with Rick Carlisle the last time he was here. So the 2007 team ran it, same as the Pacers run now. When I was looking back at all those old players, I was like, hey, we're going to be doing another podcast episode soon. You know what would be fun is for us to draft all-time three-on-three teams from Pacers history <laughs> But with a few caveats, and I was like, it's going to be more challenging if we select these without being able to pick anybody who is named an all-star for the Indiana Pacers. So, you know, no Reggie Miller, no Jermaine O'Neal, no Tyrese, yada, yada, yada. And then also, we have to pick these players from different jersey eras. So each of our rosters have to come from those different periods and times. So that's what I came up with. This is actually quite challenging. If people are listening, like try to do this and come up with it. It's very hard.
3: It really can- is honestly. Cause when we're going, when you're going by, you're like, Oh man,
1: if we're taking out
3: the all-stars that were with the Pacers, we're losing some of the best guys out there, but then we also talked about, hey, if you draft a player that might have been an all-star elsewhere, you're getting that version of who you saw on the Pacers. Maybe not that player in their prime. So that was another thing that was really interesting, and we will end up breaking down what those errors are, um, but this was a fun exercise, but also a challenging one. At first, I thought, oh, this will be a piece of cake, and then I really started going into it, and I started going down the like I found myself going back about 40 years in the history of this team going trying to assemble my roster but I'm excited for today
2: yeah Fachi did his homework and what's really fun is before we got on here I'm just going to put this out here so people don't think I'm just continuing to give myself the first pick I asked Caitlin where she wanted to go and she said I don't have a preference so then I asked Fachi, he said I want to go second and so then I said Caitlin you can go first or third we're doing a snake draft she goes I'll take the third pick. I don't want the pressure of the first pick. So I've got the first pick in the draft. So we're going to end up doing four total players. So three and then a bench player. And then we're also going to draft a coach at the end. So we'll have, you know, your coach with your three players that are, you know, starters and then your one bench player. And then Caitlin, you did say we were going to look at this via FIBA rules, I believe.
1: Yeah, so in FIBA rules, it's a four-player roster like what you just laid out with an alternate. You can make subs whenever you want. It's a 10-minute game, but it's the first team to 21. But if neither team gets to 21, then it's at the end of 10 minutes. It's a 12-second shot clock. And, um, yeah, twos and ones. So threes count as two. Everything else counts as one. All right. Good so,
2: yo, this is yo, a ahead.
3: question maybe, maybe just for Caitlin. Caitlin, do we feel that Alex might have already done one of these? these drafts in the past similar to when he basically had experience with the first overall pick of the food <laughs> draft because now i'm wondering
1: anything's possible the last few days he's just been running mock drafts with family Easily. and friends in preparation for this
3: 100 <laughs> he he knew we wouldn't want the number one pick too
2: no i'm actually glad i got the number one pick because it makes me have an easier pick for an older era so i'm, I'm happy about that uh but i don't really have anything else to say are you guys ready to start
1: I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm nervous, though. This is my war room. I'm ready.
2: Yeah, so the first overall pick for the Pacers, or for Alex's Pacers team here, we're going with the 1986-1987 Rookie of the Year, the Rifleman, Chuck Person. I just felt like I wanted to get someone from this era. He averaged 19 points a game for the Pacers, and he was he was a really solid player for this team, and I feel like if we need a bucket, I can go to Chuck Person. He did a really good job, and he was here with Indiana, know young Reggie Miller, talked about kind of playing next to him too. So this was, a, this was a tough one because there's a lot of good players and probably more familiar names that I'll talk about later, but I felt like I had to get Chuck Person in case he was off the board here by the time it got back to me in the second round. So Caitlin, your thoughts on Chuck Person?
1: He was on my board. He was not my number one pick, but I do I did have him listed. So he's off the board from the racing stripe era, jersey yes. era, which was also a good jersey era. I like that color of blue.
2: It's my favorite jersey, actually. I think they've worn. I don't know if you have a preference of what your favorite Pacers jersey is, but I kind of like that color versus the Navy
1: we need a reprisal of that. And also, like, it's always good to have shooting in three-on-three for the reasons we just laid out. You're getting mm-hmm. twos. There's already a spread-out floor when you're playing three-on-three. The spacing's more, so when you have to cover more ground, all the better.
3: Yeah, it's Absolutely. a very good pick. Hey, Alex, you managed to, uh, you know, cross out that era early and get a guy that, you know, you obviously really wanted. So I think that's pretty good. And I, won- I wondered about that strategy. Do I go with an era that has not too many for the for the picking you know a little slim picking or do i just go with maybe you know best available play or anything like that so that is the strategy that we'll find out what works best or not but i am ready for my pick
2: all right let's hear it
3: maybe you know there there could be better talent on the board but i'm just gonna go with recency biased i'm going with benedict Mathrin. i do think the spacing thing out there is going to give him an opportunity to get to the cup uh and also, when I looked at the players available now, there's good players, but I didn't know if there'd be that many great players still available in this era by the time it gets back to me. I'm going to Matherin.
1: I really like that. I considered Matherin for the current Jersey era because when you're playing three on three, like I said, there's so much more ground to cover that the ability mm. to get to the rim is actually pretty vital. Like having somebody who can pressure to that degree, he's not going to be running into help as much. That was somebody I gave a lot of consideration to. Mm. I'll take it.
2: He was on my board, Futch. I'll say that. I, I thought about him for sure as a current era, not all-star, because this might be one of the the last couple of years we can do it, where he's not an all-star if he exactly. really takes that, that leap. Was, so that smart to get it in early.
1: I, I think it's interesting that we're all picking from a different jersey era in the first round because I'm going yeah. to get my guy from the pinstripe era, and I'm going to take Jalen Rose. Oh, as like my man. number one pick. Oh. I felt like I needed somebody who could get a shot from a lot of different spots. Obviously he's pretty jump shot heavy during his career, which could make him oscillate a little bit, but who he was during the 2000 season, during the finals run, Yao scored Kobe in games during the NBA finals. I need somebody like one-on-one scoring might be a little bit overrated in this format. When there's only a 12 second shot clock, you got to be able to make really quick decisions. But I think as far as like overall talent level, and him being, I believe, the only most improved player in Pacer history who was never an All Star, I feel like I'm getting a lot of value with Jalen Rose. With
2: I will say night. this. I will. I will say this. Whenever you sent us this, that was the first person that popped up into my mind, and I said, "Was he ever an All Star?" And surprisingly, he, he was never. And I was like, "All right, he's going to be someone I'm going to pick early if he's on the board." And then I'm not mad at you for taking him. I think it's a great first uh, first round pick because he might be one of the best, if not the best, Pacer to never be an all-star i i really do feel that way
3: i completely agree i had to do the double take when i, I started to think oh i might have a good steal here but clearly he did not last long and i, I do think that Jalen rose had some really good years with the pacers that you mentioned and uh, you know I, I think at times i would like him to be associated more with the pacers uh than you know sometimes when he's on the espn uh, the the normal fan might forget about that but we Ain't forgetting about what we saw in those 2000 finals that you uh, mentioned. So great pick.
1: And now I have to go back to back. So I got to go, I got to go to another Jersey era. And I think I'm going to stay in the current one. And people are probably going to think this one's a little bit of a reach, but I think he's really well suited for three on three. I'm taking Boyan Bogdanovich from the oh, current okay. Jersey era, the 1819 version after Victor Oladipo went down with the injury. I'm taking Bogey because he shot the heck out of the ball on uncontested threes that season. He could did a little bit more in pick and roll. I can run him off a lot of screens and then also like an underrated part of his game is if there's a mismatch, if the other team's playing really small, he can do a little bit in the post as well. So I feel like there's some set actions that I can run with him if I need to and also like the pacer version of him held up defensively and being able to have guys that can switch between offense and defense and at least have a little bit of length is important. So I'm going to take Bogey to pair with Jalen Rose and I'm going to be able to run them both off of screens if I want to. I can alternate. I can alternate with both of them.
3: I like it. Uh, Boyan was definitely on my list. I I think that you're going to get some great shooting and plus no one's forgetting about that infamous game three in the playoffs. So uh, look, I, I just feel like he's that type of player that I feel like you would really want in a FIBA setting. So I'm a fan of the back to back.
2: Yeah. I like Bojan. I think it's a, I think he's a really good player and especially playing with FIBA rules. That is a benefit too. So I thought about Bojan as a player because he is versatile. He can play multiple positions. I think, like you said, you need shooting in this, in this kind of a game too. So having someone that can do that and I, and you know, he's not like a bad passer either. He he reads the floor pretty well. So uh Focci, i'm curious what do you got for your second pick my second pick i'm going miles turner from the okay. 20,
3: 2005 to 2017 i needed a big but i also you want someone that can shoot
2: not in and there.
1: Uh, i very much but did. that Guy. version is
2: like the rookie year of miles so you get rookie miles it's all so you you're you taking
1: at. the v-neck version of miles yeah it, it, look it's definitely not the best okay. for miles but so at a rookie the same version point, well you know
3: that's a all couple you get. <laughs> well, 20, 2015 to 2017 is, is, is what I'm getting out of Turner here. So, you know, you're getting a, a real good shot blocker, obviously, you know that's going to help. But also, you know, when when diving into it from a three-point percentage, okay, yeah, he wasn't vintage Miles Turner back then. But, hey, I need a big – that's what I'm going with. I feel like he's no, going to get like a lot it. of
2: foul trouble.
1: <laughs> I mean, I was going to – I was going to take... Miles was number three on my board, and I was going to have to take him from the V-neck era as well because I already took bogey. But, like, I really struggle with what type of big you need in a FIBA format because of the spacing. Like, you have to be able to defend on the perimeter a little bit. And Miles, Miles can do that. And if he's shooting the three well, it's okay. But, like having rebounding at that spot is at a premium because if you can get an offensive rebound then you can play it live and you don't have to take it back out with the shorter shot clock but miles was the big that I was leaning toward to put on my roster so now he's he's gone yeah All right not bad I'm, I'm feeling pretty good over here so far
2: yeah I was gonna take the current version of miles knowing that you guys both are taking your current jersey players and I was feeling okay about it and then Fachi has to throw a wrinkle in here and get the young miles which I mean, yeah, it's all right, but I do think that you're getting the worst <laughs> version of him. So, uh, you're getting the one that got punked by Tristan Thompson, right? So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm just you know, just being you honest. Gotta
3: snag a big way you can, you know, and okay. I went for it. See what you got.
2: Oh man, hey, you guys got me all flustered. I am trying to think who I want to go here next with. Oh man, I'm 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 torn. I got a lot of names written down here, but I don't know which way to go. Um, I don't know if this guy is really a great big for FIBA, but I, I feel like I, it would be silly not to pick him, but I don't know. Uh I've just I just I'm gonna do I'm gonna do David West. Okay. I, 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 I don't I, love I it for, he was an all-star with New Orleans, but not with the Pacers. And obviously, I don't know how he's gonna do defending in space, so that's a little bit worrisome here. But I just like David West uh tenacity, his physicality, what he brings to the table. I feel like him and Chuck Person could be fun in the front court. So I I'm having a hard time with this one. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Caitlin, how are you feeling about this one?
1: I mean, he's gonna have to run pick and roll, so you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to get value at the point guard position <laughs> with your next pick. Because if if you can't run pick and roll with David West and let him slip picks for long twos,
2: well you're not getting the best version yeah. of him. Yeah. Well that might be where I have to go with my my current era next year. I don't know if you guys are ready for my next pick, but uh, I'm just I'm just gonna make it simple. I, I, I've been a big fan of him since we drafted him last year. I'm taking Andrew Nimhard. Uh,
1: I was afraid people would ridicule me for recency bias, but Andrew Nimhard is a really good FIBA three on three player. Like, yeah, legit. He makes I, I a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, and I no, feel I, like I with this Nembhard team, he, he just makes sense. He can pl- run the pick and roll. Uh, he's not afraid to score when he needs to, but he's definitely a good defender, good passer. I, I just like Andrew Nimhard's game overall, and I think he's only going to get better. So. I'm excited to see what he does in year two for the Pacers, but yeah, I just thought his rookie year was so good, and I was really impressed with what he did as, as, for being a rookie, especially a second-round pick.
3: Yeah, I think it's a good pick. Uh, I do think that Nemhard, you know, you're getting, you're getting defense, you're getting three-point shooters, you mentioned uh, running the pick and roll, I think that's great. For David West, you know, if you were giving me, you know, some slack about Miles Turner, you know, you're getting, you know, post-ACL tear. David West, so good. David West was life.
2: good for the Pacers oh, in the playoffs. Oh, he make, was their best player at the time.
3: No mistake about it. Yes, Game he was very six much in Atlanta,
1: worse. he carried that. Team. Oh my god! <laughs> I
2: <That's> know. <laughs> what is this, Pachi? You can't get on me for picking because, David West. <laughs> I,
3: you can't be can't be slandering Miles Turner like that. When hey, rookie I Miles, I, I just I, said he wasn't the best version. Like a couple of years in the league there. 2017. You know, okay, it's, it's the second just year was
2: so are. big. I'm sorry.
3: And, well, hey, we'll <laughs> take what we can get. Just let me know when, you, when you're getting some more shooting out of your bigs, because I'm getting some shooting out of mine. All right, not
2: chuck person. That's all I care about. No.
3: All right, all right. Uh, Andrew
1: is now... also going to be really good because when you're flipping back and forth between offense and defense, quick that quickly, you got to have somebody you can process, and he he's a good pick. Like Andrew's a good pick.
2: Thank you, thank oh, yeah. you. I'm glad. I'm uh, glad that he was there for me.
3: I think that's great. I I, I couldn't pick Nemhard as early, you know, when I wanted him. I have to say I went with Matherin from that era, but he was definitely someone that was on the short list of the current era.
2: All right, Faj, you're back up.
3: All right. Now, you know, we, we got a guy who's just looking for scoring, and we got a big, so we're going to need someone to set us up. I'm going with Mark Jackson from 97 to 2005. Um, I'm feeling feeling pretty good about it because, hey, your team can only be so good if you don't have someone to get you the ball. So, thoughts on Mark Jackson?
1: I mean, I think other than Tyrese, he's the best point guard in Pacers history. I agree. My only concern with Mark Jackson and FIBA play is, it is a 12-second shot clock, and there is a <laughs> rule devoted to Mark Jackson, the five-second rule, for backdowns and dribbling, so... I don't know how he's going to fare with this very fast, high speed, you need conditioning game. But in terms of overall value at the position, you can't argue with it.
3: Yeah, point guards were getting a little slim out there. Obviously, Mark Jackson, someone that you know can, you know, move the ball at a higher rate. He can shoot. I just felt like, hey, you know what? It it was getting a little slim out there point guard wise. And You start to look at the, am I going with like a Jamal Tinsley or something? I thought, you know what? Mark Jackson, he's reliable.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's a good pick. I mean, I knew he was an all-star with the Knicks, and that's the only year that he was an all-star. So definitely worthy of of a pick here. I think that Mark Jackson is a little bit underrated. Obviously, people don't care for him for all of his stuff that he did when he was a coach. And I know his broadcasting was kind of annoying. He was let go by ESPN this year. But as a player, you can't deny that he was a good player and was a huge part of those Pacers teams having success and going deep against the Bulls in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, you know...
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: No doubt about it.
0: All right, Kalen, you're back up on
2: the clock.
1: Okay, well, I feel like to pair with Jalen and Bogey, I need a defender. And I don't think there's a better defender to pick than somebody who guarded Michael Jordan and the Eastern Conference Finals. So I'm going to go to the Flojo era and take Derek McKee.
2: Nice. He was on my list for that uh, for the Flojo pinstripes era. So
1: I'm just going to was... have a bunch of wings who could cover ground, <laughs> and I'm going to put Derek McKee on the other team's best player, and I'm going to feel good about it because you can't have better experience than guarding Michael Jordan.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I feel that one. That's a good pick. I like Derek McKee, and I feel like he too is another pacer that's probably a little bit... Underappreciated by this uh, by the by the casual fan, just because they're not as familiar with this game, but very talented player.
1: He's also going to throw inbound. Well, I guess I don't need inbound passes, so that, that particular makes, skill yeah. isn't going to be there. But <laughs> if we needed it, he could do it.
2: We we uh, my team will be leaving Derek McKee open for three, so we'll be playing <laughs> two <true>. on three. <laughs> That's the only thing bad about McKee is just not a good shooter. But defensively, he's going to muck things up
1: a lot.
3: And that, that's what you need, and I feel like it's an underrated when you're talking about the spacing being that, that big, is that, hey, if you can have some guys that can actually defend, it could go a long way. I like the pick.
1: Okay, so my last pick, this is tough because I need a point guard. I need somebody who can set the table. I had a couple different ideas. I can pick from either the V-necks or the racing stripes, but I think I'm going to go with Vern Fleming. Nice. Mr. Pacer, sturdy. Sturdy guy, steady-handed, point guard, wiry. He can defend as well. I'm going to have a lot of length at every position. I'm going to have a lot of lateral sides to cover ground. It was between him or George Hill, and I was also giving some consideration to Troy Murphy, but I can only really have four players, so it's going to be Vern Fleming.
3: I like the pick. When you mentioned George Hill earlier, that was someone that I debated, but obviously I went I went in the Mark Jackson uh, route. I like the Vern Fleming pick. I, I really do. I think that that's, uh, you know, when you're going by in that era, I, I think he nailed it there.
2: Let me ask you guys. I mean, I'll wait till Fochie picks because I don't want to spoil anything, but there is someone from the V-necks that I'm curious your thoughts on how he would play in this type of style. But Fochie, I'll let you go ahead and pick.
3: Oh, man. So I got this between two, and uh, th- th- this This is a little bit tough. Um, all right. So, hmm. Oh, man. This is my last pick. So I really got to make this count. All right, so they're both from. I got them in the same era, so I might as well. I'm going between the 84 to 1990 era, right over here. Okay, looking at a looking at a power forward. They both play the same position, but I think I'm going to go Clark Kellogg. So okay, over here you're going to get you're going to get scoring, you're going to get rebounding. Kellogg was even a you know pretty decent passer, averaging about three assists per game. But a lot of uh, fans, if you're listening, short career. Only played about five years. So those four four of the five years, really good. But, you know, obviously had a bad knee injury. Uh, My other – actually, I don't know if I want to reveal that other pick. Maybe I'll save it for afterwards. So I thought Clark Kellogg could round out my team.
2: Well, to be fair, it doesn't matter if you were to spoil it because you can't pick it anyway. I I can't
3: pick them, but it's more of like that might give the pick
1: to someone else then.
2: Well, I I know who I'm going to pick next, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, I'm curious your thoughts on Clark Kellogg here, Caitlin
1: no I like the pick I think that's a quality one I actually I, I admit that I did not have him on my board I didn't give that consideration Ooh. but I should have I should have thought about Clark Kellogg
3: yeah I, I was getting a, a little bit nervous towards the, the the 80s and stuff because it was like there was only about two or so players that I liked per jerseys that I was like man if someone snags one of these early I, I don't know where I'm going with this so I, I felt good that I had my top two selections between 84 and 90.
2: All right. So I'm going to go to my last pick here for the players. And this one is from the pinstripe era. He was not here super long. Um, but let's just say he was not afraid to have someone's back. And that's Steven Jackson. I feel like Steven Jackson was a good player. Uh, good score was on a lot of different teams. I feel like he was a good role player. I'm going to bring him off the bench he will be my sixth man in this scenario. I guess my fourth man. Uh, I was really struggling here trying to find someone that was a high-quality player that wasn't an all-star, that fits what my team needs. And I feel like I just need more scoring. And I feel like Steven Jackson, also a pretty good defender. So I felt like going Steven Jackson made some sense. I don't know if you guys like this pick or hate it, but that's where, I, that's where I felt like I had to finish things out here.
1: Steven Jackson was number two on my pinstripe board behind Jalen. Okay. Gives you a shooter. He can also defend some. There were times where they used him in that play, that flex play, to get him mismatches. Like, I, I don't hate it.
3: I have always personally enjoyed Steven Jackson. I used to call him jack up Jackson. And he was a Pacer because he was either hot or he was cold, but he could get hot. And when he did, I mean, that was someone that could give you, you know, near 20 a game. I thought he was one of the better players to have never made an all-star game in his career, period. Uh, especially, obviously, once the Pacers moved him to Golden State. So, you know, that, that's a player that you're willing to live with the consequences on. But, hey, sometimes those rewards – they're worth it.
2: All right. So since I threw out this little wrinkle here before we did the, the pod, I said, what if we draft coaches too? I'm going to flip this back to Caitlin. So I'm going to let Caitlin have the first pick of the coaches and I'll pick the last coach here. So we'll go back to Caitlin, then Vachie, then myself for our coaches here.
1: I mean, I think I got to consider the construction of my roster and given that I don't really have a true big out there and it's mostly going to be, I'm going to need some screening actions. I'm going to need to have get guys moving. It's going to be about the three point line shot creation and really optimizing my spacing. I think I'm taking Rick Carlisle. I had it's a, pr- it's it's a I bit prisoner him. of the moment, but that's, that's really who I need for this particular roster. <laughs> I feel.
3: I like it. Yeah, I-, I like it too. And look, if I, if I was going to pick a coach, you know, it's Carlisle's in my top two. Uh, I'm going to go with the one that, that you didn't go with. I'm going with Larry Bird. I mean, how could you argue with the success Larry had in his three years as the coach? It was just phenomenal. You know, all winning basketball, Eastern Conference Championships or above for the Pacers. And I, I, I think that uh, if only Larry could have stayed on a little bit longer, who knows what would happened, But we're bringing him out of retirement right here.
2: Well, I'm going to go with the innovator. I'm going with Nate Bjorker. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm going to to go with the guy that really kind of helped with the Pacers on the map coaching-wise, and that's Larry Brown. I I think Larry Brown's an excellent basketball coach. Obviously, he's a little bit old school, but I just even seeing him at SMU in college, just like have success, I just think he's a smart coach, knows how to adapt to whoever's on his roster, and he's not afraid to have some crazy on his team. So, you know, he's got Steven Jackson. He can probably handle his personality. And I think that he would just be a fun, fundamental coach. And I think he's probably, I think these are probably the top three coaches in Pacers history. You probably have to say, maybe you got to give a nod to Slick Leonard, but I was trying to avoid ABA because that just kind of is a totally different era where none of us really watched it. So I don't know, Caitlin, for NBA coaching wise, do you think this is our top three coaches?
1: Yeah. I mean, if I would have gone more defensive centric, I might've taken Frank Vogel. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's another one.
2: I, I really wish that things would have been, ended better with Frank because it's just like, I hated the way Larry kind of handled that, but I was a, a big Vogel fan. And part of the reason, like with Larry Bird, I'm not trying to knock him as a coach, but like his coaching staff was insane. Oh yeah. And, oh, but he, all, but he knew that and he was more than willing to let them do what they did well. And he just kind of filled him when he needed to. So uh, they all loved him as a coach. I'm not saying he wasn't a great coach. I'm just kind of curious how good of a coach he would have been if he didn't have such a strong coaching staff.
3: And and that's, that's a great point because obviously, you know, Larry being a a player then turned into a coach, you know, you never really know, but there there were some really good coaches on that staff that probably did do uh, a lot of the, you know, the heavy work and all that, but how could you pass up Larry Bird? I mean, I I figured if I didn't take him you were going to take him you know, it's, it's a guy that you expect to get drafted. So I, I could not pass him up.
2: All right, Caitlin, I'm curious, out of all the rosters that we've drafted now, is there one? Is it yours? Is it somebody else's that you feel like would be really dominant in this FIBA game?
1: I mean, like I said, I think that in and when you watch the FIBA three on three games, the teams that are usually successful are the ones that are fairly rangy, who can switch back and forth from offense and defense quickly, can process the game, and you gotta be really in condition to play at the 10 or the 12 second shot clock. So I I feel pretty good at mine. I wish I would have, I wish I probably could have grabbed a big, uh, Miles was number three on my board. and Fossey took him from me or that, like I said, I also, my honorable mention, strangely enough, was Troy Murphy because he had like the second best defensive rebounding season and actually shot the lights out out of the pick and pop the one year that he was here. So I felt pretty good about that. I don't have like a great rebounder on my roster, but I like yours with Andrew Nembhard and David West running pick and roll and being able to switch back and forth. I don't know how good I feel about, david defending in this particular uh, yes format, i'm worried about but... that
2: <laughs> yeah i that's how i thought about david west too defensively i mean how do you, how
3: I'm, do putting, you th- I'm
1: putting Derek mckee on benedict matherin <laughs> oh yeah i'm locking mean, you him gotta,
3: up you got it it'll, it'll be a it'll be a tough matchup for matherin but uh hey I, you know I, I i'm anxious to kind of go through and and alex i don't remember your squad 100% you have Neymar, david west Stephen jackson who was your other one
2: chuck person Person the Rifleman, Rookie yep, of the yep. Year. I think mm-hmm. I think he might be the only Pacer to have ever won Rookie of the Year. If I'm not mistaken. I can't I think of another Rookie of that the that Year for accurate. us. Yeah, no,
3: definitely maybe not in the, the
2: ABA. And, and speak.
3: Speaking on that ABA, I, I even messaged Alex. I said, okay, what's the deal? Are we counting ABA all-stars You know, if, if <laughs> they then like, B- went on, into dude. the NBA? And it started, he's like, dude, you're getting way too in the weeds The thing is here. And I was like, I just want to make sure I got the right criteria so I don't draft someone where they go, hey, that one doesn't count. And none of us did that. So hey, props to us.
2: Okay. So the person I was going to ask about that I said, I was curious and I didn't get to him. And this was someone I even considered for a pick was Lance Stevenson. And I know that the shenanigans can be kind of annoying, but seeing what he did in those Eastern Conference Finals runs, like he's just a very fun player to watch at times. And I was curious, Caitlin, how do you think he would fare in the FIBA rules?
1: People are gonna go under the screens. It would depend what big he has. I mean, obviously we know he can throw pocket passes and we know he can pressure the rim. But my fear for him is the shot clock. It's kind of like the Mark Jackson thing. Lance doesn't always make the quickest decisions. He dances with the ball a bit. So if he's yeah. if he's feeling it and he's hot you know, you you might be okay, but if he's not, he, if he makes the first shot, he might fall in love with it a little too much.
2: Yeah. That, that yeah. he's definitely oh, a wild card. He's, he's always a wild card. That's for sure. And I honestly, like, I was like, I just feel like three on three style though. Like he could really take advantage of that floor spacing. And you talked about Mather and being a guy to get to the rim. I was like, Lance is one of those guys that could do the same thing because he's kind of got that bully ball mentality a little bit, but I just didn't know how you felt he would fare in the FIBA rules because I've never really watched the FIBA three-on-three to be honest with you.
3: You know real quick on your point on Lance I really debated Lance because you know he is from multiple eras for you know this criteria but once I had Matherin I went I don't think I can have Matherin and Lance and especially if Lance to be that point guard because I just felt like it's like we could run into some problems over there so I, I felt like I needed more of a point guard and i was like all right you know what let me go with turner from from you know the lance era outside of you know current math so um he was deaf stevenson was definitely in my top
2: few you know early on but i just couldn't pull trigger on it all right to close this out i'm curious caitlin maybe we can all take a turn here given like two or three players but maybe some snubs from this draft that we had on our list that we didn't bring up or that didn't get drafted
1: Bubble TJ Warren was who I was gonna go to if Jalen Rose, if I couldn't get Jalen Rose as kind of like my ISO guy, I was I was thinking about TJ from the current era. If I didn't get Vern Fleming, I was thinking about George Hill. And then like I said, I gave really serious consideration to Troy Murphy just for the rebounding and the pick and pop shooting.
2: Okay. Fachi.
3: For me, uh when I picked Clark Kellogg, I really debated Wayman Tisdale. Uh Wayman Tisdale, I just felt like was a stud, you know, in in the, the, the mid uh eighties to to, you know, just about you know, 89. Uh, I felt like that was someone that I heavily debated. And I'm you know what? I'm going to go with Clark Kellogg. Um, and then, other than that, I mean, I definitely entertained the idea of like a Steven Jackson or, you know, there was that, you know, a year and a half, I guess, of Pedro Stojakovic. But in the end, I, I'm just, I'm still half rubbed a year, wrong. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was a half a year. Yeah. yeah. I'm still rubbed wrong how we, we traded for Pedro. He got, you know, only played a couple playoff games and then left, and that's always kind of been the bad taste in my mouth, so I I just can't bring him on the squad.
2: Are you wanting to say something about Pagia, Caitlin? I feel like you are.
1: No, my only thought about Peja was when we talked about him beforehand, that you're not getting the Sacramento Kings Page. you're getting <laughs> that,
3: that factored in, too. That factored yeah. in, too, and there's a big difference, because Sacramento Kings Peja was like, you know, an MVP-ish type candidate for a little bit, and then you know, Pacers Peja just wasn't quite
2: the same. Yeah, it's part of the reason why I didn't take Tim Hardaway from the Pacers era either just because we weren't getting the fun Miami Heat, Golden State Warriors, Tim Hardaway. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. But some of the names that I actually brought up, I thought this one actually Did you give
1: consideration to Andrew Bynum?
2: (laughs) No, I didn't. But I did think about it as just like a joke because of like – we were talking about like – uh players that weren't here very long and i'm like two games of andrew Bynum. that'd be hilarious just to draft him for this to draft pasia draft him hard away gets a
1: haircut in between plays <laughs> Yeah, exactly <laughs> On the you can bench. never
2: forget about the infamous haircut but oh. uh,
3: just going to your point of players that were not the same or anything like that like a couple names i was like oh wow like a adrian dantley or an alex english but then it's like totally you know i mean alex english uh, no, Adrian Dantley had a really good season with the Pacers, but it was Alex English that went on to be a star. So I, yeah. I knew that one really wouldn't count. And then I was like, eh, I don't know if I need to go with a guy who's just good for the really one one year with the Pacers. So mm-hmm. I, I feel confident in my team. I do. Maybe that's just anyone who ever drafts a team. But definitely looking forward to putting this up as maybe a poll or anything of like, hey, what do you guys think of who has uh, the team that would, would fare best in FIBA?
2: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't know if people will really understand how FIBA plays if they haven't seen it. So it could be a little bit skewed here on the results. Uh, so I feel like Caitlin's, uh, you know, I guess you could say not perspective, but opinion on this makes the most sense. Just because she's actually watching where I don't, I haven't watched any of this three on three FIBA footage. I don't know if you have, but
3: very little, but also it's all different eras. So it's like, True. you know, for us to say like, oh, this guy from the 70s or 80s, you know, all well, the games changed hey, that player would have to change with the game. So it's just really hard to ever uh, be able to concrete say, that team's the best, we'll never know. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's just fun.
2: Yeah, for some of the names for me that we didn't mention that I thought about, I thought about Jamal Tinsley because Jamal Tinsley was pretty good when he was healthy that that one year before he was doing crazy things. I thought about Mike Dunleavy Jr., just because I, I like the way he plays. I mean, don't necessarily like the dirty stuff that he did later, but, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that another time. The half season of Leandro Barbosa, I did put that down, just because I love Barbosa. Even though I didn't love his time with the Pacers, I still didn't hate that trade. I, I'm trying to remember exactly who we traded. Anyway, was it was a first-round pick?
3: What was it? Um, I can't remember. I have to look it up. He was in yeah.
2: Toronto when we traded for him. I remember we got him at the deadline, and... He played off the bench for us, and he wasn't like a bad player off the bench. Uh, another player that I mentioned was uh, somebody that we all love on this team now, Buddy Heald. I thought, you, know, you can't have enough shooting, and I thought about it, but I just needed Andrew Nimhart to be my point guard just because I'm, I'm really high on Andrew Nimhart. I couldn't uh, pick Buddy over him, but I just felt like Buddy would make sense for this because what he's doing already with the, the, the Bohemian team is, is pretty impressive already. So I just think Buddy Heald's a fun player, too, for this exercise.
3: No, buddy buddy makes a, a lot player. of sense.
1: He was on my board for the current era as well, but I lean toward Bogey just because Bogey's a little bit more solid defensively, mm. and I can do a little bit with him in the post where I can't really do that with Buddy.
2: No, he's a, he's a yeah. one-trick pony in that regard.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I went Matherin over Buddy,
3: and uh, it was it was one that I just went, hey, you know what? I feel good about that, but Alex, to your point, on Barbosa, it was a second-round pick to the okay. Raptors. Found. An old article almost had a dust <laughs> off from 2012. But uh, you know, that that settles that one.
2: Yeah. No, and I and I thought another fun exercise, maybe next month we can do another draft like this before we get really into the nitty-gritty of the season. Um, if you guys have fans, if you have any ideas for a draft you'd like the three of us to do, let us know. But I was thinking of doing something like the almost Pacers uh draft. I thought that'd be hilarious to do that, see how many guys we could end up drafting, the guys that were almost traded to the Pacers. So yeah, DeAndre Ayton would qualify, maybe a John Collins would qualify, but uh, O.J. Mayo, that's a very memorable one. That <laughs> oh, yeah. just was no. past the buzzer, so that would another been another name there, but thought that might be fun. If not, we could just maybe bring up those players and do like a, a random Pacers draft. I don't know, but if you guys have any ideas, let us know. But Kalen, I'm curious, what do we got going on over at Basketball Shavira? What's going on? I know Tyree's Team USA, I'm sure that's probably the highlight right now, right?
1: Right. So this month, I actually did a lot of pretty tedious projects. The most recent one, I covered what Tyrese did with Team USA during the exhibition slate and like really focusing on stuff that's pertinent to the Pacers. Like, we know he can pass, we know he can shoot. What other things is he doing with Team USA that maybe could translate back? And and pretend like some potential gains of things that he could do. And then I did I did a study on Miles Turner and jump ball stats that I thought was interesting in terms of the possession war and how many of those he's won and, and what the Pacers do on after-halftime plays, given how often they don't win the opening tip. And then I have another one just about all of Benedict Matherin's passes from last year and also the passes he didn't make. I watched every kick out and every skip pass, and I analyzed that. And then I also did the study on plays from the 2008. Or the 2017 that Rick coached compared to the same play that they're running now and how much it's changed, and then tomorrow I'm doing my mailbag. So everybody sent me questions and that'll be coming out next before the end of the month.
2: Pacer fans, busy. If if you're not a Patreon of basketball, she wrote, what are you doing? I mean, this right here, I was just smiling every time she would say something else that she was writing about. That's impressive work, Caitlin. So kudos to you for doing all that, and I'm sure that's why your, you know, your paid subscribers really enjoy your content because you're putting in that hard work and giving fans exactly what they want to hear. Just some really niche stuff. And I think it's great stuff. That's important to know about this team.
1: Wanted to give people something to do during the August time. I try to save projects. I notice little things during the season. I'm like, I'm gonna do that during August. So hopefully people like it. Two of them are unlocked. The story about Miles and the story that's up about Tyrese, anybody can read. That's free. Just head over there. I hope you like it. Use it as a free trial. Yeah. The other two are behind the paywall. And if people want to join, I'd be happy to have them. So
3: Awesome. Well, hey, you are definitely staying busy. And I think the month of August is, you know, absolutely the perfect time to be doing it because it is a ghost town out here. We are waiting Pacer basketball. But Kaylin, I'm pretty sure everybody knows where to find you, but please tell them once more where they could find you out on social media.
1: All right. So my Twitter account's at C2 underscore Cooper. If you go there, the link to the Patreons, patreon.com slash basketball. She wrote, and you can find all the links there. Absolutely. Awesome.
2: I forgot one note real quick. I did buy hint of Lime Chimps a uh, chips since we talked last. And
1: and it's pretty thoughts? good.
2: I like it, but I, I will say this, while it's really enjoyable. Mm. I also, but, it does get a little bit overpowering sometimes to me, well, right? I have I, a cup
3: of water, you know, I have water,
2: bro. <laughs> I, uh, my wife does not like it at all. So she was like, those are nasty. And I said, okay, well, she's not the biggest chips and salsa person. So can't really take her opinion Her her, her food palates kind of bland, but I will say this. I liked it, but I also like just being able to eat a normal chip, you know, normal tortilla chip as well. Not with the lime kick every time. So it's nice to break it up. I will say I give it like a seven out of ten. It was really good. I'm not saying it's like terrible by any means. I have two bags in my uh, cabinet right now. They were on sale, so definitely oh, going to eat deal. them. I'm just saying I wanted to bring it up since you guys were hyping it up. I I had to you know bite the bait and uh, I got some. It's pretty good. And I will say I don't love it, but I like it. So is that is that a fair is that That's a fair, fair way to say? No. I mean I know it's maybe not an agreeance, but.
1: Some of us have enlightened chip takes and some of us don't.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. No one needed you to sign a lifetime deal. You got the two bags of chips. It sounds like, you know, we got you on an extension. So,
1: you know, (laughs) I I like where
3: we're at moving forward. And, uh, you know...
1: The Bruce Brown of chip deals over yeah. here. There's a 2-year exactly.
3: deal with a team option. <laughs> exactly. So we'll see if that option's picked up in the second bag, but you know, <laughs> regardless, uh we appreciate you, you know, stepping out of your box with that. I got to say, look, I know I have it good. My wife is great. Made buffalo chicken dip in the middle of the day out of nowhere, so you know I'm still getting the heavy dose of the buffalo chicken dip. The hint of lime is there. There as well. So oh, just that sounds so consistent. terrible, just, <laughs> just keeping it consistent. Oh man, I'm telling you, I got oh, no about the
2: pukes. Oh man, that's just nasty, Foch.
3: That's
1: taking it a little too far. It's just it's a little bit too much. Into
2: uh, oh yeah, there's a lot of flavors
3: going
1: on. But... Lance right. on a hot streak. Hey, yep, yep.
2: All right, you
3: can
1: All find not him. Hot streak, I should say. <laughs>
2: People you can find Focci at underscore F A C C I on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Alex Golden NBA. All of our podcasts are on Twitter at Setting the Pace 3 and at Pacers Talk on Instagram. And we will talk to y'all later this week. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast.
1: Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth.